Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fun crazy, not creepy crazy, on The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and so much more. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And the more that you listen, the more that you know. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode 921. It is a Tuesday edition of The Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me is. Kimmy! I got one name. Get it. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. I am the villain of the story. And the person who is the hero of this story is Kimmy. She's right next to me. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. How are you on um, this uh, day after 4th of July? I'm good. That is good to hear. I'm glad you're, you're here. How did the dogs do, by the way, on the melatonin stuff you put them on? On episode 920, we talked about that as a possible benefit for those who have dogs who are possibly suffering from, you know, the the sound of fireworks and also thunder and things like that. I think I think okay. All right, so you were going to give a little review. I was just Oh, curious. okay. Um no, uh Moose kind of was quiet. You know, she didn't bark and uh, Okay. Um Crypto, I think was mellowed out, don't you? I I believe so. So it, it you're giving it a pause up. Mm-hmm. All right. More information about that. We have some links to that right on our uh, other Facebook page and our other show, and that is Animal Special, which we talk about dogs, animals, pets, cats, and all kinds of things, birds, and even uh, scaly friends as well, too, like tortoises and turtles and lizards and all those kind of creatures, right? Snakes, mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. And you can find out more right on AnimalSpecial.com. We, we do video interviews, interviews. And if you know somebody of interest to talk to, feel free to contact us, and we're also available for appearances. That is Animal Special. Find links, by the way, right on our primary website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. Be sure to follow, friend, and like us on all forms of social media, and we'll keep you updated where we will be appearing next and things like that. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. All right, Kimmy. On this Tuesday, are you ready to play? Are you ready to play nerd pop culture geek trivia? Oh yeah. All right, it is a July 5th, the day after the 4th of July, and it's time for us to move over to the world of nerd pop culture trivia. We ask Kimmy some questions. If she gets more of them right than wrong, she wins herself some pocket lint, and she is building a creature out of that pocket lint. Right now, I'm just uh, calling it the pocket lint creature. That's what I'm calling it because I don't know what it is. It's a mess. That's all I have to say. You you have you got a really big bag. The bag's gotten even bigger mm-hmm. of pocket lint. And I, I noticed you got fabric glue, and I think you're getting crazy. Yeah, well, just you wait. Oh, yeah. I, I have a feeling there's a mad scientist thing coming on. So we'll have to find out if Kimmy gets enough of this pocket lint to uh, make her... Is this creature going to be six feet tall or bigger? No. Oh, okay. It, it, <laughs> is it going to be really wide? 
know. Okay, well, well, we'll have to wait and see what that creature is. But what we're doing on this edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show's Nerd Pop Culture Trivia is we have a bonus feature to it, doing something a little bit different right here to kick things off. She's a tall drink of water. She's a tall drink of water. Yeah, she's a tall drink of water. What's that? Yes, on this part of our Nerd Geek Pop Culture Trivia, we're going to find out who is the tallest and shortest in television, Kimmy, in stars. And we're going to ask you a question. Who is the tallest? All right. That's mm-hmm. why a tall drink of water. Mm. Okay. Because I didn't think it was appropriate to focus on that 1970 song, which we will not name, that uh, dealt with people who had problems with height. Do you remember that Vertically song? challenged. Yes. You know the song. Okay. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say who it was and that. I have a feeling it was not one of your favorites either. That mm. song back in the 70s. No. Okay. So I thought we'd leave that alone. We would focus on tall. Okay. Okay. Who is the tallest? I'm going to give you a set here. You tell me which one is the tallest. It will be male and female combined at times. Okay. Mm-hmm. D- and don't let that fool you because sometimes the female could be the taller of the group. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Here's the very first one. Who is the tallest of this group? Danny DeVito of Taxi. Sally Struthers of All in the Family. Eve Plum from the Brady Bunch. Or Don Wells, Gilligan's Island. Eve Plum. Eve Plum is not the tallest of that group. Don Wells. Don Wells is the tallest. How tall do you think Don Wells is? Five two. She's five foot four in that group. Okay. Who is the shortest of that group? Danny DeVito. Correct. He he is five feet tall. Sally Struthers five one, and Eve Plum five two. See how this works? Mm-hmm. Are we having fun now? Oh, yeah. All right, Kimmy, moving over to somebody else here. Here is this group. You tell me which one. Who is the tallest of this group? Is it Linda Carter, Wonder Woman? Bob Newhart of Bob Newhart fame? Lucille Ball, I Love Lucy? Or Peter Falk of Columbo? Linda Carter. You are right. Okay. How tall is Linda Carter? 5'8". Five, 5'9". Who's of that next group of that group I had? Who's the next tallest? Lucille Ball. No, it's Bob Newhart, five eight. Lucy Lucy at five seven. Peter Falk at five six. Moving over to your other set. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Nichelle Nichols, Star Trek. Henry Winkler, the Fonz from Happy Days. Tina Louise from Gilligan's Island, or Jackie Gleason from The Honeymooners. Um, Tina Louise. No. Jackie Gleason. Correct. Jackie Gleason. How tall? 5'9". 5'10". How tall is Tina Louise? 5'9". That's correct. Michelle Nichols, 5'5", and the Fonz, 5'6". Okay. You met him. Mm-hmm. Remember when you met sort him? Sort of. Well, you met him. Yeah. You met, you were in the, you, he was actually in a, I was, I, I met I him in the pig barn. Well, it was, I don't, it, it was going to, I was going to look, I was looking for a better word, even though it did say pig didn't it say pig shed or pig? swine barn? <laughs> it said something like that over the, the top. It was out in a fairgrounds, the Orange County fairgrounds. And he was one of the celebrities there. Henry mm-hmm. Winkler, the Fonz. He was there with some others. Eric Estrada, Peter Mayhew. Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. And the, uh, that was it. I think that those were the headliners mm-hmm. that were there. He was there. You were right next to him. Mm-hmm. You were shy that day. Okay, here's the other ones we have for you to take a guess with. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Gavin McCloud from the Mary Tyler Moore Show and, of course, The Love Boat. Andy Griffith, The Andy Griffith Show. 
Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke Show and Diagnosis Murder, James Garner, The Rockford Files. Mm. Which one? Dick Van Dyke? Kimmy is wrong. Okay. Um, who were the others again? Gavin McLeod, Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith. James Garner. Andy Griffith. It is James Garner. Really? Yes. Any okay. guess how tall James Garner is? Six and one. James Garner is six foot two. Dick Van Dyke is six one. Andy Griffith is six one as well. And Gavin McLeod is five eleven. So I was close. You were close, but didn't make it. Okay, that, that's all. That's all that counts there. Are you ready to move over to the others, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. All right, your next set. Tell me which one, who is the tallest of this group. Here we go. Robert Reed of the Brady Bunch. Or Adam West of Batman or George Reeves of The Adventures of Superman. Um, Adam West. Adam West is not the tallest. George Reeves. No, he's not the tallest either. Robert Reed is the tallest at six foot three. Mm-hmm. All right, moving over to your final guesses. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. James R. Ness from Gunsmoke, Fred Gwynn from The Munsters, Lou Ferrigno from The Incredible Hulk, or Ted Cassidy from The Addams Family. Oh. Oh, yes. And you know one of those played... The first one. The first one, James R. Ness? Mm-hmm. From Gunsmoke fame? Mm-hmm. Also played The Thing from Outer Space? Mm-hmm. The giant carrot creature? No, he is not the tallest. Ted Cassidy. Lurch, mm-hmm. you think is taller than Herman from the Adams family. Mm-hmm. You are correct. Fred Gwynn is six foot five. Ted Cassidy six foot nine. And wow. Lou, and Lou Ferrigno six four. Okay. Lou Ferrigno beat out somebody for the role of the Hulk because he was taller and bigger. How about James Arness? James Arness six foot seven. Okay. Now Lou, Fer- which is interesting, Lou Ferrigno beat out Arnold Schwarzenegger for. The role of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Because he was taller. But Ted Cassidy had the role originally of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't bulky enough. Okay. There are some scenes where in the opening sequence and in the pilot where he is still the Hulk. He is the Hulk. Where he uh, uh, tips over the car, Banner's car, the first time that's seen. That is him. It okay. is not Ferrigno. But he, he did the voice of mm-hmm. the Hulk, and he also narrated the opening sequence of the Hulk. So technically there's two Hulks, but what's interesting is Ferrigno beat out somebody because of height, but the person who actually was bigger than even he had it, but didn't have it because they weren't bulky enough. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That is the tallest in celebrities. We have that complete list available right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. You did really well there, Kimmy. All right. All right, Kimmy, moving over to the almanac for this date in history. It's a July 5th. Tell me the year... That this item, I'm going to let you think about it here for a second. This item, this lunch meat, was introduced to the market. Here is here's some time for you to think. You don't say ham, you say spam. Spam is real spicy. Ham, you don't say ham, you say spam. You don't say ham, you say spam. to serve delicious meals for your family, you don't say ham, you say spam. You don't say ham, you say spam. Spam is real spice ham. You don't say ham, you say spam. Spam is real spice ham. There's 
one meat that's more versatile than the rest. Get it out, dress it up, and take it on the town. Stay at home, just hang out and eat it dressing down. Chop it, you can dice it, just top it, or slice it. All right, Kimmy, when the, those songs came to be about that that meat product, the product already been around for a long time. Matter of fact, you had the opportunity to go to the Spam Museum in Minnesota, but you declined with me. You said, ah, that, that's okay. You didn't want to go to the Spam Museum out by, what was it, Prescott, Minnesota area, right around in there. And you declined that, remember? Mm. But anyhow, um, Spam, you know, been around for a while. Now, Kimmy, do you have an idea when Spam, the luncheon meat, was first introduced? Any idea? 1969. Kimmy's guessing 1969. Let's let her hear this, and maybe that'll change her mind. It's Monday night, and time for Burns and Allen. And when the kitchen clock warns, hurry up, mother, time for the youngsters to come running home, take it easy and solve the school lunch problem with Spam. S-P-A-M. Spam is that delicious meat originated and made only by Hormel. It's packed in a handy can, all ready to eat as soon as it's open. No fuss, no bother. Just cut off slices of this taste-tempting meat Put between slices of buttered bread and say to the hungry youngsters, have a Spamwich. A perfect combination of sweet, juicy pork shoulder and tender ham. Spam has an extra goodness and meaty flavor all its own. Youngsters go for Spam in a big way. Try Spam tomorrow. When you see the easy recipes on the label, you'll discover you can serve Spam cold or hot. It's America's popular mealtime aid. So ask your food dealer for S-P-A-M. Bam. Susie winked her eye, and Sam passed her by, but baked Spam for dinner was the way she got her guy. Yeah, she made Spam for dinner, and that's the way she got her guy. Now, Kimmy, do you want to adjust the time period you said? Your what? food dealer. <laughs> you like your to? drug dealer. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, okay do, you want to, do you want to take another guess? 1952. Spam came to be, was introduced on the marketplace in 1937. Okay. And right. if you go to Hawaii, it is extremely popular in Hawaii. It's in restaurants and stuff. Matter of fact, certain, I won't give who, but a certain uh, fast food restaurant really markets a lot of spam specials and stuff like that. Oh. It's very big there. <laughs> and have you ever heard the spam rap? No. George Burns and Gracie Allen did a spam rap. Uh, yeah, uh, best way to put it. Here is the spam rap. Meat, eat, eat meat. I say there, lady, when a shopping you go, here's some news that you should know. Help me out, George. I've gone this far. I'll beat it out, bud. A to the bar. Spam is the meat that you should buy. Spam is different, and here is why. We use pork shoulder to make spam sweet, and the ham it takes for extra good meat. The extra good flavor that you get in spam. Got there, folks, cause we added ham. Hormel started this new kind of meat, seasoned it better, made it brand to eat. To get the real thing to put on your table, look for this sentence on the spam can label. Pork shoulder meat with ham meat added. Proof that Sam is really different. My, 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 that doesn't fit. Yeah, that's right, Gracie. That's the worst one yet. Nothing is just like Sam, my friend. And so with this, our poem ends. When a shopping you'd go tomorrow, ma'am, ask for S-P-A-M Spam. Slice it, dice it, fry it, bake it, cold or hot. 
right, Kenny, you've now heard George Burns and Gracie Allen doing kind of a spam rap there. Okay. And you see, you never know what you're going to find with the Riley and Kimmy show. And you know, by the way, I would re- re- really, really love to hear our good friends' outdated slang, especially Terry on the drums there, uh, doing a retro version of, a, you know, a cover version of the spam song, wouldn't you? And, mm. and, and hearing Katie there belting out that one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really do. I think that could be really cool for them. Can you see them open up? Hey, maybe they could get spam as a sponsorship, and they could, they could open up that way. Hmm. Bake it. Like it. What do you think? Hmm. I, th- I think they're going to like that idea, don't you? I really do. I, I, I just have a big feeling they will. All right, Kimmy, moving over to other things happened on this date in history. Is this date in history that Elvis recorded his first commercial song? What year did Elvis Presley record his very first song? 1954. That is exactly right. Very good. Moving over to some science here, Kimmy. It was on this date in history. Dolly the sheep became the first mammal cloned from an adult cell. What year? Um, 1976. 1996. Okay. Okay, moving over to celebrity birthdays. See if you can identify this celebrity. Here is your question. He is having a birthday today. Tell me who this is. They say the hotter rock and roll is competing. And for what I've seen, I believe I'll be Yes, Kimmy, it is Huey Lewis jumping on the gun. She just had to say, I know who that is. Yes, it is Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis and the News. How old is Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis and the News today? 55. He is 66 years old today. Celebrity desk, Ted Williams. You know who that was? Mm-hmm. And he was? Baseball player? That's correct. He passed away on this date in history, July 5th, 2002, at the age of 83, and he lived in Inverness, Florida at the time of his death. Moving over to an event that happened on this date in history, it is part of one of our favorite things, the golden age of radio. Radio was That's a Riley and Kimmy show. From time to time, we go back in time with the golden age of radio. Whenever we can focus on that world, we take an advantage of that to try to introduce people to the golden age of radio, old time radio, OTR as it's called. You may never have heard this, and it's a wide range of material from dramas to superhero shows that were done, detective shows, comedies, all kinds of things. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Now, what we have today, actually on tomorrow's date, tomorrow's date, July 6th, this show debuted 1947 candid microphone began airing on abc radio it ran from 1947 to 1950 candid microphone was created by a guy who did a tv series called you know candid camera you remember mm. who that was who did candid camera alan funt that's correct alan funt originally created candid microphone and it was after several jobs he had one of them coming up with stunts for truth or consequences on the radio and then he had his self-proclaimed stupidest show ever in radio, which was called Funny Money Man. Then he came up with Candid Microphone. And what he would do is place microphones, several of them, in locations, these hidden microphones, and catch people in certain situations. And one of the things that really helped him out to take the show mobile was they developed a portable recorder at this time period that became available. The portable recorder, which he was happy to get, weighed 25 pounds. So he could carry it, though, even at 25 pounds, in an attache case with a hidden microphone, or on his person, he would like do a cast and have this thing hidden somehow. Hmm. So 
He was happy at a 25-pound recorder. Could you imagine Kimmy going to a convention no. or something with that 25? Carrying the Riley and Kimmy Show 25-pound recorder with her. No. Uh, you'd be quite happy, wouldn't you? Mm. Well, did you watch Candid Camera? Mm-hmm. Did you like Candid Camera as a kid? Mm, not really. You, you didn't find it funny? No. Right? Just, yeah. your family probably liked it more. My dad loved it. I, I couldn't stand it, to be quite honest. And I don't know, you know, I I, I think it was kind of dated then, but then you look at what's popular now in certain, you know, video things. I, I'm not, I, I guess it could, I don't know. <laughs> it would work if you'd introduced it now, but you couldn't. I don't know. It's kind of one of those strange things. You know, maybe it, it was unique when it first came out. I don't know. But when you saw it on television way back, if you, were, if you were a kid and you saw it way back on TV when it was on, it wasn't new is my point. It was part of the golden age of radio. And here we go. We're going to go back in time with an episode from 1947, about seven weeks after this show made its debut. Now, I want you to keep in mind when you hear people that are caught in stunts and, you know, being pranked, they're paid $15. And they signed a waiver. Mm. Now, that means they could have said, I don't want to be part of this show. Mm-hmm. But they agreed to be part of the show. Keep that in mind for $15. And I don't even think, I know $15 was a lot more back then. But even at $15 back then, if it was really worth being on that show. yeah, I just So keep that in mind. We're going back in time right now. August 10th, 1947 to Candid Microphone on The Riley and Kimmy Show. The American Broadcasting Company presents The Candid Microphone, the program that brings you the secretly recorded reactions of ordinary people to all kinds of situations. No one ever knows when he's talking into The Candid Microphone. that man who might get you on record someday, the man with the hidden mic. Because the candid microphone is seven weeks old today, we'd like to take a minute out for kind of a seventh inning stretch. For one thing, we'd like to say that you listeners have certainly been playing ball with us. We once tried to buy a watch that runs backwards, and you sent us two that actually do. We tried to get a hotel room for a trained seal, and 14 sympathetic housewives have offered us their bathtubs. We took a mongrel puppy to a dog beauty parlor, and scores of you have asked how he looks in his new continental trim. Of course, there have been brickbats among your sweet bouquets, and you'll hear about one of those in a few minutes. Although many of our secret recordings are made in the spirit of fun, our real purpose is to get closer to reality by hiding our microphone and catching people off guard. Our narrator will now give you the inside story behind each of the secret recordings captured this week by the Candid Microphone. Sweet charity, we've been told, is something that begins at home. If you've ever heard the rattle of coins in a collection box, you'll know that charity reaches out in the streets of any big city. But where does charity end? Very often we drop our dime or quarter in the little box held out to us without really knowing too much about it except that someone needs something. One day last week, the man with the hidden mic set out to test the limit of people's generosity. With his little rattling collection box, you'll hear it as he talks, he had faith and hope that the first man he stopped in the street would give his little donation, no matter what the charity. After he had been ignored by a score of busy people, this secret record was made. 
No, I'm sorry. Uh, we're collecting money for the OFCFFNE. What? What, what was that? It's you the said? OFCFFNE. It's the Organization for Collecting Funds for Needy Eskimos. First time I've heard of that one. Well, who are they? What are they? What are they doing? Well, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, very few people in this country know what hardships they're enduring there. You see, they had a warm winter, and that uh, really, uh, it, uh, it upsets them terribly. Their whole economy is, is uh, disturbed, and a lot of their igloos melted, and a lot of their folks are without the proper clothing. And they have clothes for cold weather, but they have no- nothing that they can wear in the warm weather. Well, I think they should go up there. Then no, no, it weather. doesn't work that way. Sir. Well, I imagine that they can build themselves up again on their own. There's plenty of ice up there to build the igloos. Well, uh, that's true, sir, but they uh, they can use our help. And any little thing that you can spare, uh, they're really, uh, they need it. You know how a polar bear feels in a warm weather? Well, how could you turn down a warm Eskimo, sir? Uh, it's not a large contribution, a dime, a quarter, anything like that. No, sorry, there are more worthy organizations. Well, no, there are more publicized organizations, sir, but this is really a very fine cause. Right, uh, right if you there. could see those Eskimos up there, you'd really appreciate this. You're right there, the others are publicized. I've never heard of this one Well, it, it's very, very fine. It's the OFCFFNE, and I'm sure that uh, it's worth your support, sir. Anything what, is it all voluntary work? All voluntary work. We contribute our time and everything else. Well, closer to the mail? No, we don't solicit through the mail. It's a, a poor little organization. We're no. collecting funds uh, on street corners and wherever we can. And it's, it's very worthwhile. What do you do with the money? Uh, we send it up there to the Eskimo. In money or in... Money uh, and supplies and foodstuffs and everything else, sir. And uh, they're really... Uh, it's something you can be proud to have contributed to. The first time I've heard of them. Uh, well, you may hear more of them. Oh, they are, sir. Believe me, they're in dire circumstances. You can imagine what a warm winter would do up there. It's just as bad as a hurricane down here. Uh, it's something you can deduct from your income tax. Well, I'll be glad to give a small contribution. All right, that's fine. Thank you very much. If this appeal has melted your heart, contribute your ice cubes to any branch office of the OFCFFNE. a few dollars come between friends, would you? Well, we would, especially if we could get another secret recording of the whole thing. We had been listening to a couple of repairmen working in the hallway outside our office. They sounded like a couple of rough characters, the kind we hadn't really captured yet on candid microphone, so we figured out a way to get them into a little argument. While they were out to lunch, we rigged up our recorder and mic in a valise and planted it near the spot where they had left their tools. And just to be sure that they'd have something to talk about, we dropped a wallet with $11 in it where they couldn't help seeing it. And then we waited in our office for something to happen. We listened as they found it. And when it began to sound as though we had tuned in on a fight, the man with the hidden mic rushed out, as usual, to put his two cents worth in or to get his 11 bucks back. The talk was about beginning to turn into action when we began recording. I found a wallet here, and I'm going to keep it. I was right alongside of you, man. You almost knocked me over trying to pick it up. That's all right. I found it, and I'm going to keep it, and you can't do nothing about it. Well, let's see what's in it. Oh, no, fella. This is mine. I'm going to keep it in my pocket. Listen, but two cents would knock you right on your yeah, back. You would. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. What's the matter here, fella? Well, it's, I found this wallet, and this is yours. Well, it's mine now. It happens to be mine. Oh, wait uh, a minute. 
I expect to get half of this thing. Oh, wait a second. You butt out of it for a while, will you, buddy, please? Just one second. I'm gonna All right, go ahead. Right. Is it your wallet, fella? It's mine now. I found it. Well, I'm telling you it's mine. I'll tell you exactly what's in it. What's in it? There's $11. There's a 10 and a 1 and nothing else. No cards, no nothing. Is there no name in no it? No name in it. Well, look at it. You'll see. Is there? Yeah. Tell me the last number of the $10 bill. Oh, come on, buddy. You're well, kidding Well, how do I know? I told you exactly how much money there was in it. It's well, mine. It's yours. I dropped it there a few minutes Before ago. Before call a cop and I'll Never it. mind a cop. Isn't that well, enough? Is it yours? It's mine now. I got it. If you want it, you'll have to get down and battle for it. Down and no, 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 no. Don't you think it's fair that I should get it first? No, I think you're a phony. What do you mean you think I'm a phony? I, I identified the there's wallet. A, there's a nobody through this hallway in the last hour. What do you mean? I, I left all this equipment here 15 minutes ago. I must have dropped it when I put this stuff down. Oh, knock him on his back, Bill. I picked no, it up, and I'm going to keep it. No, no, no. Now, fellas, now, you're not being fair about this thing. This is my wallet. I don't know you from Is now. it yours? It's mine now. Why? Because I find oh, it. Find it silly. and keep it. Find it. That's for kids. That's what you say. Find it and keep it. That's what little girls say. Yeah, but how do I know guy you? Like you? I don't know you. I said that it's mine, and Any, I proved it. Anybody me. can come along and pick up this wallet and say it is his? No, no, no. I identify. Nobody's going to pick $11 no out of, of a hat. That's no mean of identification. Why not? I'll tell you how much there is in it and say exactly what's in it and tell you there's no cards or anything else. Well, a man just took a good guess, that's all. He was lucky. Yeah. Good guess. He's a all right. I got some money in my pocket now. Yeah, I got a certain amount. Wait a second. I got a certain number of bills in my pocket. Can you guess how much money there is in it? Well, you just took a good guess, that's all. How long you take a good lucky. guess? I'm not lucky. I'm You're trying to get lucky. half of this here money. You come around. my wallet. Well, well, I'm sorry, buddy. You don't get it, and I don't think I'm going to give it. And you try to get it, I'm going to piss you in a kiss. <laughs> We don't have a studio audience at the broadcast with candid microphone, but every showman likes applause, so we take our little bow when your letters come in. But once in a while, we get a few hisses and catcalls. Well, that's okay, too, because we want you to speak your mind, like those people whose voices you hear on our secret recordings. Well, one lady took us at our word and wrote us a few well-chosen ones that really made our ears burn. Now, even an angry woman has the privilege of changing her mind, and we decided that the man with the hidden mic was just the man to do it. This lady lived in an apartment house, so we got a next-door neighbor to let us set up our recorder in her apartment and brought the hidden mic right to her door where we got the following recording. Uh, I'm with the American Broadcasting Company, and I wonder if I could have just a couple of minutes of your time. Is that all right? Yes. Uh, you wrote us a letter the other day about one of our programs called The Candid Microphone, and uh, I gather from your letter that you don't like it very much. No, I don't. Well, uh, why? what are some of the things you find objectionable about it? Well, I don't like it because I think it's snooping, out and out snooping. Is that right? Mm-hmm. In your letter, you said... You said a little. You said it a little more strongly. You said you thought we were a bunch of dirty, sneaking spies. That was kind of strong language. You feel that much about it, huh? Well, um, I suppose at the time when I was listening to the program, I felt that way. And, and how about right now? But, uh, I also think it's a cheap way of doing things. You know, you might pay a person for appearing uh, at the program at the microphone. Oh, I see. Yes, I know. That's one of your tactics, no doubt. You want to save. So you get these people in their homes extemporaneously. 
uh, answering questions that uh, you probably would have to pay for if they were rehearsed. Well, do you think it would make it any uh, less offensive if you knew that we did pay everybody whose voice we recorded? Would we be all right then? I think it would be, yes. Less offensive. Do you think that's snooping? Yes, it is. It's still snooping. The easiest manner is for you to come into their homes, knock on their doors when you want, uh, go into people's bedrooms, you know, and... Bedrooms? Yes, of course. I heard that one program uh, about the... What was it? Uh, You went into some man's bedroom? Oh, you mean the one where where the wife uh, awakened the husband? Awakened the husband, and there was a poor fellow. He didn't know he was talking for, speaking for uh, the public. It sort of put him in a bad light, don't you think? Well, uh, After all, the way you, you awaken... Did you ever hear... your own uh, private affair. Well, you may have something there, but don't you think it's funny the sounds a man makes when he awakens? Yes, they're funny, but they're only for him, though, in his own bedroom. And I'm sure he doesn't enjoy having the whole world know about it. Do you? Well... Would you? It was a man's bedroom, and we had his wife's permission to come in there... You feel like that was... You had his wife's uh, permission? Sure. She arranged to let us come in there and record his voice. First of all, you can't trust her very well, can you? Well, are you married? No, I'm not. But I have a brother, uh, and we have the same difficulty getting him up. Or rather, his wife has now. Do you help once in a while? I used to have the position. Don't you think most people are nervous and self-conscious in front of a microphone? Not anymore. I think most people take to a microphone very nicely. Do you feel you talk just about the same way if you know you you knew you were talking right to a microphone mean, right now? Yes, I would. There'd be no difference whatsoever. No difference. Well, now look, let me show you. This is a microphone, mm-hmm. and what you just said is is ready to go out from coast to coast. Does that make any difference to you? What am I supposed to do at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, get away. <laughs> do you mind our coming in here and talking to you this way? Do you think we took an unfair advantage of you? I think so, at the moment. This conversation may not be worth a nickel, but would you like to have it on the air? Yes. You would? Of course I would. Because I want the whole world to know... Yeah. ...of my opinion on this program. Most any woman would be glad to give you a piece of her mind. We had to pay $15 for that piece. If you've missed our first six programs, here's something you should know on how we go about putting this show together. And when we say go about, we really mean just that. If we wanted actors, we wouldn't have to budge an inch out of Radio City. But on Candid Microphone, we try to portray people as they really are and as they really sound. And we've found that no one can do a better job of that than the people themselves. That's why we go about putting this show together. When we want a tailor, we go right to a tailor shop. And when we want a housewife, we knock on her door. And what's more, even then we don't tell them why we're there until after we've caught them in the act of being themselves. We hide our microphone and make a secret recording of whatever you hear at the time it actually happens. The man with the hidden microphone may even get around to you someday. But uh, don't bother looking for him, because you'll never know when you are talking into the candid microphone. Usually, when you have a problem, you go around asking advice until you get the advice you want. Some problems, though, can have only one answer, like a simple problem in arithmetic. You wouldn't think so, though, if you asked more than one person. 
Give four normally calculating people an eighth-grade problem in division, and between them, they'll come up with more dividends than a matured war bond. Now, before you go helping Junior with his homework, let's see how much you've forgotten about the third of the three R's. Listen to a little problem we put to unsuspecting strangers. Uh, tell me, do uh, you remember any of your divisions from school? Hello, Levin. Uh, how do you divide seven-eighths by three-quarters? Seven-eighths by three-quarters? Yeah. Uh, you find a common denominator and uh, proceed from there. It's not too difficult from that. Common denominator? Don't you use that when you add? No, not the common denominator when you add. The common denominator, I guess, would be eight. Common denominator would be eight. That would be, uh, you'd, you would, uh, you'd multiply the three or three quarters by two, which would make six, eight, and the, and the four of the three quarters by two, which would make, then six, eight, would be seven, eight, uh, divided by six, eight. Yeah. From there, it'd require a little pencil, pencil and paper to carry it on out. How do you divide seven-eighths by three-quarters? Isn't seven-eighths equivalent to three-quarters? No, uh, seven-eighths... Seven-eighths yeah, but I mean, for instance, you have, uh, how many times does a half go into, uh, two-thirds? Uh, you divide one fraction into the other, don't you? Ken? I never heard of that. Uh, I doubt very much if you divide a fraction. It's impossible, because you'll have, uh, an, un- an uneven number. Yeah, but you might get an answer of a fraction. Like, for instance, you could say, how much is a quarter of a quarter? That really is dividing two one. fractions. quarter of a quarter is it? Quarter of a quarter is. We learned it in school, and uh, we. Is it, there is a way. Can you tell me how you divide seven eighths by three quarters? Uh, by the uh, seven eighths by three quarters. Uh, uh, multiply seven by three on the eighth by eighth. You twenty one sixty four. Say that again now. Maybe you've got it right Multiply the seven by the three. That's uh, seven is by three quarters. Yeah. All right, that'll be 21 30 seconds. We the four. 21 30 seconds. That's right. And that's the answer you get if you divide seven eighths by three so. quarters? I believe so. Mm-hmm. 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 Seven eighths by three quarters. Yeah. I'd, I'd change three quarters into 75 and then uh, divide it by seven eighths. What I'd get, I don't know. I'd have to do it. You change three quarters into 0.75 mm-hmm. and then what? And then divide it by seven eighths. So, but you're dividing seven eighths by three quarters. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, just do it the same way and turn it around. 70, oh, point 0.75 yeah. uh, divided by seven eighths. Well, no, you're dividing seven-eighths by three-quarters. I told you not to ask me. If you're having as much trouble getting the correct answer, just ask any 13-year-old kid. 
The next secretly recorded conversation is one between two blinded veterans. Here's how it happened. We had waited with our mic and recorder at the newsstand of a large building. And for three hours, we recorded the gossip of office girls on their lunch hour as they stopped to gab. But when we played over our secretly made recordings, only one bit stood out. It was the voices of the two blind fellows who ran the newsstand. It's just small talk, but maybe you'll hear something bigger in it. Listen. By the way, how often do you have to shave? Oh, I shave twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening. What do you want to shave that much for? Oh, I have to. I work in the morning and in the evening I have to go out. How about you? I got to shave every day. If I don't shave, my wife gets right after me. She used to tell me, she said, when you're in England, if all you did is shave, so you can do it over here. Well, it takes me about 45 minutes to shave. 45 minutes? That long? Well, the beard you got, all you have to do is go outside and get the cat and let it lick it off. Yes, but the barber tells me it's pretty wiry. Do you use a straight razor? Well, use a straight razor. What do you think I am, crazy? I'll never forget the first time I learned how to shave. I just took that razor, pulled it slow, slow, and slow. And when I go out, a fellow would say, Hey, did you shave this morning? I'd say, Yeah. Well, he says, Well, you sure look funny. I said, I had plenty, plenty of practice learning how to shave. My first experience was when I was running maneuvers out in the desert, when there was no mirrors, and I had to shave without a mirror. Well, I had a experience like that in France. Had a two weeks beard and shaved with cold water and no mirror. Well, that's not so bad. What, two weeks? Without no. shaving? I mean, by the way, do you let your wife shave you? Oh, no. Why I not? I never trust a woman to shave me. Why not? That's too dangerous. Listen, as good looking as you are, you don't have to worry about anything. These two blind veterans didn't sound any different than a million other guys passing the time of day, did they? Okay, don't treat them any different. That's the way they want it. Just lean back a minute while we paint you a beautiful picture. Suppose you were the greatest guy in the world. Nobody but nobody laughs when you sit down at the piano. You've won a million friends and you've influenced everybody else. Your muscles have muscles. And the women who can't whistle just purse their lips when you pass. You've got a country home in every country and a townhouse in every town. You've got so much money in the bank, the interest bores you. And when you shoot over 70 on the golf course, men mash their mashies and flags fly at half-mast. What a man. What a tycoon. And that's you. Okay, now, big shot. Let's see you walk into any restaurant and try to get the waiter to substitute one teeny item on a buck and a half blue plate. See if you can get any further than the man with the hidden mic did. He tried it, and it went like this. Uh, waiter, I think I'd like to have this, uh, special dinner here. Yeah, what do you like to have? What? Uh, let's see now. Uh, uh it says, uh, a dollar and a half, uh, tomato juice, vegetable soup, roast beef. Listen, uh, I'd like to have this special dinner, but, uh, do I have to take a tomato juice? No, you don't have to take the tomato juice, but I won't take it off the price. I mean, off the 
fellow my hat. I told to get a fellow my hat. The textbook, the tomato juice are not a test the same. Yeah, but I mean, can I have uh, pineapple juice instead? No, we haven't got it. And that's the bill of fare. It's made up that way by the chef, and I have to I wait. I mean, but have you got that. some, uh, uh, let's see, any other kind of juice? No, nope, only tomato juice. Only tomato juice. Uh, vegetable soup. You got any, uh, consomme or anything like no, that? No, no. Vegetable soup, just the way it's on the bill of fare. Vegetable soup, huh? I don't like vegetable soup. Well, I can hurt that if you don't like vegetable soup. You eat the roast beef and pay a dollar and a half just the same. Could I have a, could I change the soup for some uh, fruit salad? Oh, no. You can't change the soup either for fruit salad. That stays that way and that's made up. I don't make up the bill of fare. Yeah, I got uh, some custom up here. Oh, wait, 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 no, wait, just a second. All right, now the roast beef uh, with carrots and peas. Uh, can I change that to string beans? No, carrots and peas, that's the standard. Oh, but carrots and peas, I don't like carrots and peas. Oh, then you eat it without carrots and peas. Well, what other vegetable can I have? Uh, nothing, eat the potatoes, double portion potatoes. Uh, uh, can I have any vegetable? No. Can I have a salad? No, no, no salad. Uh, what flavor ice cream you got? Vanilla and chocolate. No so strawberry? No strawberry, no. Not a day. Well, what other dessert? you have That's any? Oh, van- vanilla and chocolate ice cream. Either you take vanilla or you take chocolate or two without it. No, but look, yes, fella. Mister, you're taking my time away. No, no, no wait, just a second. I, I want this dinner, but I can't find anything I like on it yet. Well, if you don't like it here, I'll eat a sandwich. No, I like the dollar and a half dinner. That's a good buy. But can you give me any, uh, just a little fruit salad for these no, desserts? I can't do it. What do you think? The chef throw me out of the kitchen if I go in there asking for a fruit salad. So far, you haven't given me anything I like. Well, no, here, all right. Look, let's start. I don't like tomato juice. You like tomato juice. You don't like no soup, but you like the roast beef. Yeah. But you don't like no carrots and peas. Right. You want ice cream, but you don't like the vanilla ice cream, you don't like the chocolate. If I could have this dollar and a half dinner with tomato juice, I'll even take tomato juice. Yeah. Nice consomme. I got no consomme. All right, all right, all right, wait, wait. Roast beef with the string beans and French fried potatoes, and I'll even take the ice cream. No, 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 not the same. Either you take it or you have to get it. Maybe oh, you... no, I don't go in the shop. The chef's going to run with the kitchen knife after me. No, 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 no. No, sir. Can't you change it a little bit? No, no, not change. According, that's the standby, and that's all that's good. I work on according to schedule. The what? According to schedule. That's a schedule for me. What do you mean? It's a dinner. That's all right, but for me it's a schedule. What I've got on here, i got to sell. I can sell nothing else what I haven't got on there. Well, maybe he's got a lot of, of pineapple juice. Oh, i got to get rid of this stuff first, eh? Well, what, are you trying to get rid of it on me? Oh, if you don't take it, somebody else will. I don't have to eat. Yeah, but... You're here to serve me. Yeah, but... I want to... this dollar and a half dinner, but I want to make a couple of little changes. Ask him about it. Uh, no, Could you take the carrots out and only peas? No, the car- carrots and the peas is together, and that's two men to pick the, pick the carrots out. Then when I bring the peas, you want the carrots in it. No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't like carrots. I can't stand them. Don't eat them. Just pick out the peas. How can I? Why don't you pick out the peas? Oh, well, give me, a, I, I give me getting, a double portion of potatoes. Yeah, but I ain't getting paid for that, sir. But just a little change here and there. Oh, not a double. Take it or leave it. Oh, no, no. Well, listen, I'll tell you what. On this $1.50 dinner, 
If I leave off the tomato juice and I leave off the carrots and peas, how much will a dinner cost? That's still a dollar and a half, and even you only toss one slice of roast beef. That's still a dollar and a half. Well, that's not fair. Well, fair or not fair, you, if you don't can eat, that's not my fault. Do I get bread and butter with it? Yeah, you get two slices of bread and a piece of butter. No, the toaster broke down. I got no toast. I came down across the street now and get the toaster fixed. You got bread. You can yeah, make yeah, well, a stove. Yeah, but I'm not supposed to go behind the stove. That's a union man back there. Well, uh, you're a union man. Yeah, but that's only out in the dining room. That doesn't belong into the kitchen. So what do I have to have? It looks like I have no choice. What do I have to have? What yeah. can you do for me? On well, it? if it's a whole shooting match and you pick out whatever you like. <laughs> Until next week, the candid microphone goes back into hiding. The better to eavesdrop on the people whose voices are secretly recorded. We mention no names, but you may recognize them all as people that you meet every day. That's because they're real people who never knew that their every word was captured by the candid microphone. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.